0: Well, I want to welcome you this morning. Uh, we had a couple of our guitar players out today. They were uh, kind of under the weather. And uh, Roy and Pat, I mean, excuse me, Roy, Roy and Jean. Roy's home with Pat. She's still going through a little problems, and but she says she's feeling better. And uh, they hope to be back in church real quick. I was over there Thursday with them. Visiting and talking to them. We had had good prayer and a time of just fellowship with them. uh, But uh, Pat said that she is feeling much better, much stronger. A lot of her confusion is now gone. So uh, she's just having trouble walking now. She's kind of having to use the wheelchair. But uh, she's trying to do some exercises and keep those legs moving. So, way, anyway, y'all keep Roy and Pat both in prayer. And uh, they both said they hope to be back just real quick. And uh, Gene called this morning saying that he'd had a rough day yesterday and he really wasn't feeling good at all today. So he couldn't make it. So we had both our guitar players. But I appreciate uh, Sierra and Sue and Rhonda there for what they do. And uh, But anyway... Uh, Thank y'all so much. Somebody's always ready to fill in when we need it. And uh, But, uh, you know, my message today, I've entitled it, Don't Ignore God's Open Door. And before we get into this, I want to, you know, last week I asked if anybody had a testimony that they wanted to share. Has God done anything in any of your lives today that you'd like to share with us? If you do, please. This is a time to do it. Let people know what God's doing in your life, and, uh, and just give them hope and encouragement also. So, if anybody is here that you have anything that you would like to share about what God's done in your life, uh, what He is doing, uh, please take this moment to do that. Has anybody got a, got anything? Okay. Hold hold just I'm gonna Sometimes it's hard to hear. Well, thank you. Anybody else have anything to say with Walter over here? He needs it. He said he was sore. This will work some of that soreness out. I would
1: like to tell you, and this might take a couple of minutes, about a 12-year-old boy that started a church down there in Houston. Seems he got filled with the Holy Spirit in class. And then he dismissed the class, he went out. And in the moment he came running back in and said, my mama wants to talk to you. And this was a Methodist church, so I thought, uh well. Now I've done it. But his name is Brandon Bow. And we went out the front door to the place where we had it. Here came Brandon's mother. Her name was Shore. She was a tall, old-haired lady. And she was coming down the sidewalk wide open. And she hit me straight on and nearly picked me up off the ground. And I praise the Lord. (laughs) And that wasn't what I expected. But anyhow, she said, my husband's tall been drinking or doing dope and he smoked and he's chasing around and we need prayer. Well we did and just as we finished a car drove up and I smelled cigarette smoke and it appeared to be tom Battle in his new Cadillac. So Brandon and Shaw ran and got in it and they drove off. The the next Sunday Brandon was not there. The second Sunday Brandon was not there. So I got ready to and I had a break to contact his house and see what might be wrong. In the meantime, Tom called me and introduced himself and said he would like to, if I would do him a favor. And I said, well certainly, Tom, what can I do? said, well, this Friday, <coughs> seven o'clock, we're going to have a Burmese at my house. Will you be there? I said, sure. If you'll give me the address, I'll be there. So he gave me an address. And it was in a little part of the town that should have warned me. But anyhow, I went to that street, and I went down there. And it was a side site. Two places on one side and two on the other and one at the end. And they were huge. I didn't know that. But it turns out Tom was a multi millionaire because he had a lot of barges and apartments there and used to But anyhow, he had been saved. And the second week he'd been filled with the Holy Ghost. And so we started having the prayer meetings there. That went on for about six weeks, and Tom called me and said I'm going to be, have to stop for a couple of weeks, but I'll call you back when we're ready to go again. So we waited, and he did, and he said, I sold my house, and I bought a three-bedroom house there in northwest Houston, which is a bit ward, which is not a good part of town the Green Point Mall was there. They called it the Gunpoint Mall. But anyhow, he had rented a storefront and they had started the Lord's Glory Church. And that went on for a long time. And then I moved up here, but I understand now it's a beautiful new church still on spacious grounds, which are very valuable there. And it's going strong. And brand new story, y'all. So we just praise the Lord for the Holy Ghost and the work He did.
0: Thank you. Okay. <clears throat> Anyone else? April. Okay, so I haven't talked much about growing up here, but um,
2: as a little girl, I didn't get to live with my mom uh, most of my years. Uh, I either lived with my grandparents I lived with my dad for a couple of years. But the whole time that I was growing up, I always said this prayer God, give me back to my mom. <laughs> and I wanted to live with her so bad. And I prayed and I prayed. I graduated high school. I moved out to California, went to college, met my husband was out there for a while teaching they laid off teachers laid off teachers laid them off and they still had teachers here in texas so i convinced my husband that we were going to move back to texas and he grew up there all his life so he said that's fair It's comfortable for you to be around your family so he agreed thankfully because otherwise we might have still been out there for whatever reason we had what we needed we had a piece of land out here packed had to move down here. Now, that was in the summer because I had to finish my job out there, which out there school gets out in June. And so, trying to get a job here before the school year started was almost impossible. And, you know, pretty hard about it. Um, neither one of us had a job coming down here. And I think I got the last job in the Hazel that was available just because they couldn't fill jobs that principal that was there um, had a, her husband had a terrible accident, and so they had to have the assistant principal be filling in before they could hire. And so because of that delay, I was able to get an interview, and then I got that job. And today I live right next door to my mom. That's <laughs> <laughs>
3: right where I always
2: wanted to be, <laughs> and so. It's really a story of if
0: you don't give up on God, he won't give up on him. Susie. Um, Yes, this has been a hard week for us, and
2: I just thank God for everything he's done and everything he's going to do. And I appreciate if we could just keep the
0: prayers going for all of y'all for our family. Amen. 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 truth. Mm-hmm.
3: Nobody can not told me to shut up. So, so the next morning I take it down and they said, well, we're going to go in through the artery and try to put this pool in there and fix the bleed. If that don't work, we'll cut your skull open and go in there and do that way Well, I woke up. Don't have all the bandages on there. And nurse came and asked, well, how's that surgery going?" there wasn't nothing in there. I said, praise God, God built that last night, took it away. So if you just, even if it's physical or you have a spiritual need, or whatever, just have something humble, and believe, and come to God, and he will do whatever you need. Amen.
0: Anyone else? Okay, I want to thank all of y'all this morning that gave a testimony. And if you didn't give one this week, honestly, you're going to have a chance next week. So if God does something in your life, tell us about it. You're not you you're not bragging on yourself, like I said before. You're giving God the glory. God's doing it, not man. And uh, so anyway, thank y'all so much. All right.
1: Uh, I've got a niece up in Oklahoma. Getting baptized this morning. Amen. I want
0: y'all, her name is Emily Newman. I want y'all to pray for her because you know the battle she's fixing that. Amen. Satan is going to jump all over her. Pray for her, please. Right. Okay. Thank you. You know what he just said there is so true. That moment that you say yes to Jesus Christ, you've created an enemy in your life. And that's the devil. He'll come against you in every way that he can. But you've got somebody so much stronger than him. For greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And that's the Holy Spirit. So always call upon that Holy Spirit. No, you're never walking by yourself. And uh, I didn't mention a while ago, but today we will. After the service, we will have communion. Today is the first Sunday of the month. Every first Sunday of the month, I like to do communion. You know, it, it, there's no set time we were to do communion. But he said, but Jesus Christ said, whenever you do it, do it in remembrance of me and what I did for you. So I like to do it every, the first month, the first Sunday of every month. That way, he's here with us today. He's going to be taking communion with us. So, uh, but like I told you a while ago, today my message is: don't ignore God's open door. You know, God all open doors for each and every one of us. These testimonies you heard today was on the was, was God opening up a door in their life. And they couldn't have had that testimony unless they would walked through that door. When God opens a door, He expects us to walk through it. He's got something for you to do, and He needs you to do it. And I'm going to show you something here in just a minute. But uh, this scripture I'm going to read, this was taken out of Revelations 3, verse 8. This is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, talking to the church of Philadelphia. Now, Philadelphia, that church there, was really one of the only churches that pleased Jesus when he came and talked to them. And they fell just a slight bit short, but they were better than the other churches. And uh, this is what he tells them. Revelations, chapter 3, verse 8. I know your works. You know, when when he says that, I know your works, do y'all realize that Jesus Christ knows exactly what's going on in every church? He's looking over his churches. You know, Jesus said, this is not man's church. This is not my church. It's his church. It belongs to Jesus. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Now, he didn't say they wouldn't come against us, but he said they will not win. So always keep that in mind. You're in God's house. Pay respect to God's house, to God's word. God wants to tell you something. He says... I know your works. He said, I see everything that's done, I know what's going on, and you will answer to me. He says, Here, he says, I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door, and no man can shut it. For you I know you have little strength, and have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Now, he's talking to the church. He said, I'm opening up a door to you. And I want you as my church to walk through that door in my name. Spread the gospel. Tell people about me. Tell them who I am. Tell them what I have done in your life. See, that's what you just did this morning. He says, for you have not denied my name. Nobody here denied Jesus Christ's name. They gave him the glory. They gave him the credit. We are to go through the door that Jesus opens. You know, in the Bible, an open door represents an opportunity that God has set before you. That open door is an opportunity that God has placed before your life. And he expects us to go through that door. And, you know, notice what the scripture said, and no man can shut that door. When God opens a door, no man can shut it. No man can shut that door. Only God can and he will. If you are not obedient to him, and do not walk through that door. God can close that door. And you may not have that opportunity again to walk through it. What God called you to do, and then you would not do, you know what he's going to do? He's going to call somebody else. And when they walk through that door, God's going to give them the blessings that should have been yours. They'll receive those blessings. When we're obedient, that's where our blessings come from. God said, I'd much rather have your obedience than any sacrifice that you can give me. God wants our obedience. When he tells us something, he wants us to do it. And when we do it, you're going to be blessed. God, You said, well, an open door. What is an open door? An open door is opportunities that God has placed in front of you. It's opportunities. When you pass through that door, you're going to have opportunities that you may never see again. So be sure, when you know that God has opened the door, or you feel that God has opened the door, go through it. Many people won't do it. Many times, many people will say, oh, I can't do that. I don't know how to do it. I'm afraid I'll fail. I want to show you something else that God says right here. And a lot of us will miss this. God said, I know you have little strength. I know that you're not all that strong. But what we're forgetting is who called you to go through those doors. It was God. He called you to go through that door. You know, Jesus said, when you are weak, I become strong in you. Our strength is not ourself. Our strength is Jesus Christ. The strength is the Holy Spirit that is living on the inside of you. That's where your strength comes from. It is not you. You know, and sometimes we just have to get to that point point. we look back at Scripture and sometimes we just have to say, God, I know what your Word says and I'm going to stand on that. I know that I can do all things through you who gives me the strength. It's God that gives you the strength to do what He has called you to do. You're not doing this on your own power. Never think, oh, look at me. Look what I did. No. Look what God has done. That's what God wants. He wants us to glorify Him. Through your witness and your testimonies and what you do, other people see this. And whether you realize or not, you may be leading somebody else to Christ. Just through your testimony and what you've done. Somebody may be going through something that you went through. Over in, over in the book of Corinthians, it says it they call him the God of all comfort. Who comforts us through the things that we go through. And many people say, well, why am I going through this? In that same scripture, it says you are going through it to help somebody else who's going through that same thing. Just kind of paraphrasing. You have the experience. You know what they're going through. You can witness to them. You can talk to them. You've been there. You've done that. You know what they're going through. And you can help them get through that. And that's why God has placed you where they're at at that time. So you can help them to go through. uh, But like I said, it is Christ's strength in you. It is not your strength. You know, sometimes it's just that we have to obey the Word. We have to just talk to... I know there's many times where I'll be going through something and a scripture will hit me. How am I going to do this? How how can I... Where's all this faith going to come from? You say, but you're a pastor. You know, pastors have points in their life where sometimes they become weak. When I feel like I'm becoming weak... I drop to my knees, and I go to God. He's never failed yet. I've always felt that strength I needed to do whatever it was He called me to do. There's been a lot of things I've had to go out and do that I particularly didn't really want to do. I've gone to people's houses. I didn't know them. Talk to them, pray with them, Anoint them with oil. I just, I didn't know what they, how they felt about the anointing with oil, what they felt like. And I'd sit down, before I would ever do anything, i always tell them what I was going to do. I said, I'm going to anoint you with oil if it's okay with you. Now what this oil simply does, it represents the power of the Holy Spirit that is here. When I anoint you with this oil, we're inviting the Holy Spirit to come in here. When I anoint you with this oil, it's scriptural. That we are to anoint the sick or the hurting with oil. That's the, that represents the power of God working. And I've seen people just almost immediately change. I've seen them rise up. They couldn't walk. You know, Walter gave a testimony a while ago. Walter had a stroke here several years ago. Doctors didn't expect him to come out of the hospital. I was there nearly every day with Walter, praying, talking with him, visiting with him, doing my best to encourage him. And it was a very short time he walked out of that hospital. He walked out. Was he the old Walter? No, but he was a new restored Walter from where he was. And he's doing great today. Because God touched him. I know he was uh, walked with oil every time I prayed for him. And when I, when I prayed, my prayers were sincere. I meant what I prayed. That's one of the whole things. You've got to mean what you pray. You can't just pray a bunch of words. Mean what you are praying. Sometimes we go through things, and we don't understand everything that goes on in our life. You know, I get to that point sometimes, and there's a scripture I love to use, and I use it all the time, but I use it on myself. When I kind of get to that point, Lord, I don't understand. Lord, I I just don't understand this. The scripture that I say to myself is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And I say, like, I will trust in the Lord with all my heart. I will not lean to my own understanding, but I will acknowledge my God in all my ways. And when I do this, then He will direct my paths. That's scriptural. That's what God says over in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. God's given us His Word. He says, when you don't have anything, pray my Word. You know, when you pray God's Word and you speak God's Word, you can't go wrong. That's God speaking to you. That's God telling you things. And I love that scripture because it is so true. And we have to remember one thing. When God sends you out to do something, God is not going to send you out there and then hang you out to dry. He's going to be right there with you. As you go through it, He's going to go through it with you. Like I say, that Holy Spirit's living on the inside of you. That Holy Spirit of rise. Have you ever had the Holy Spirit just really just rise up in you and you didn't know what was going to happen? Believe me. It's scary. I've had it happen. And every time it happened, it was for the good. People were either healed, people accepted Christ. God did a work that glorified himself. All I could do was cry, fall on my knees, and say, Lord God, thank you so much for letting me be a part of this. Thank you for trusting me, Lord, to walk with you and to do your written word and what you've said. You know, we're talking about open doors. Well, Paul referred to a, to the open door in 2 Corinthians 2.12. You know, Paul had a lot of doors open for him. Paul wrote about three-fourths of the New Testament. Paul went through a lot of stuff. But here in 2 Corinthians 2.12, he writes about and he talks about an open door. A door that God opened for him. It says, "Here, Furthermore, when I came to Tross to preach the gospel of Christ, a door was opened for me from the Lord. When Paul got there, God saw things. He said, Paul, I'm fixing to open up this door. When you walk through it, great and mighty and powerful things are going to happen. Be ready. Paul walked through that door. And listen here, it says, God opened the door for Paul, and no one there could close that door. Paul did exactly what God asked. He preached the gospel, and many came to Christ. He followed God. He didn't walk away. He said, oh God, I can't do this. God, I don't know how. No, Paul boldly and strongly and faithfully walked through that door. He said, all right, God, I'm going to go through that door. I need you with me. I need your power. I need your word. I'm going to stand on your promises of what you said. God said, that's what you need to do. Paul prayed, and he he preached the gospel of Christ. And no man, as he was preaching, could shut that door until God was through with what Paul was doing. And many came to Christ that day. When God sends you out to do something through your obedience, you'll do things that you didn't even know you could do. But God will do them through you. He'll open your eyes. And your faith will grow so. Your faith will just just it will just grow tremendously. <clears throat> God opens doors for us so he can receive glory. When God opens a door and we walk through it and we raise up God's name and then people accept Christ, God's getting the glory. You've done something for God. And you think that God's not going to reward you? You're wrong. Say, well, I didn't do it for reward. No, but God loves you, and God's going to reward you. It may not be what you might think it would be. It could be a little something. It could be a great thing. But it's going to be something you need. God knows what you need in your life. God knows everything about each one of us and what we're going through. He knows what you need, and He knows what you don't need. God said, what did God say? He said, for I shall supply all your needs according to Christ's glory. Needs, not wants. We all want stuff. But we also all need things. And God knows what we need. He said, I will supply your needs. And he will. He will supply our needs. <clears throat> you say, well, Bill, what are you talking about? That... Uh, opening up a door and you walk through it and just giving God glory. I got to thinking about something. Maybe someday you'll be talking with somebody. You're visiting with them. And suddenly they bring up something that opens the door for you to talk to them about God. Believe me, that happens. I've had it happen. Wasn't even intended when I went there to talk to that person about God. But some of the questions they, they asked and wanted to know opened the door. Now, I could have sat there and just not said a word. But when that door opened, I said, God, this is your open door. I'm walking through it. And I talked to them about Jesus. I talked to them about Christ. I talked to them about his love, his salvation, heaven. I talked to them about hell. You know, sometimes we fail to do that. We fail to tell them what hell is. We want to tell them all the good stuff. Oh, well, I don't want to tell them the bad. Well, they need to know the bad stuff. They need to know if they don't know God, what the other choice is. And it's only one choice, two choices, heaven or hell. That's what Jesus tells us in the book. We've got two choices, heaven or hell. There's no in-betweens. Be honest with people. Tell them what they want to know. Don't sit there and make them wonder about it. You know, uh, but when you get that opportunity and that door opens and they're asking you something about God, share with them. Share with them. Tell them about God's love and how much He wants them to be His children. What He wants to do in their life. What He already has done in their life and they'll just receive it. Many people don't even know what the cross is about. That's about his salvation for us. When 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 God sent Jesus to this earth, and he sent him to that cross, that was part of God's plan. That's what brought about man's salvation. Was the shed blood of Jesus Christ. He had to shed that blood for the forgiveness of sin. And just like I'll mention here in a minute when we do communion, for there is no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. If the blood had to be shed. And it had to be a spotless lamb without, without blemish, without spot, without sin. That's why Jesus came. He was the only one that could do this. And he came. And he did what the Father asked him to do. So when God opens up a door in your life, walk through it. Glorify God. You know, when you walk through that door, you speak to somebody. God may have just given you the opportunity to lead a person from from hell's gate to God's heaven. You don't know what you're going to encounter, but I will tell you what: you won't be a, you won't be a loss for words. I guess that was one of my greatest fears of talking to somebody: is what will I say? What will I say? What do they need to hear? I'm going to tell you right now, when you start talking, that Holy Spirit's going to give you so much, you're going to have a hard time keeping up with Him. You're going to have a hard time telling that person everything that God wants you to tell them. You know, I know there are some things that only God can do. And there are some things He wants you to do. There are some things that God wants you to do. God will open doors for us, but when that door is open, you must walk through that door in order to accomplish what God wants you to do. You know, in the church, we should want our doors to be open for people to walk through them. We need to come through here to find God's love, His salvation, His mercy. All people come through them doors. You don't know what their life has been like. You don't know where they've been, and and you don't know what they've been through. They're looking for something, and when they come to a church and walk through those doors, welcome them with all your heart. Welcome them. A church should not want to put up walls, and then God has to put up a bridge for them to get in. The church should be stepping stones and not stumbling stones to those who are looking for God. It should never be difficult for people to come to God. It should never be difficult. Someone might show up at church. We've had this happen. Then there's a different lifestyle and a different life than you do. And it might make you a little bit uncomfortable because you're not used to it. But then I get to thinking, well, as I read God's Word, there He was, eating and talking and visiting with the tax collectors, the prostitutes, all that needed God. God made Himself available. He made Himself available. You know, it's our job To show them they come in the way to Christ. It's for us. It's our job to show them Jesus Christ. When they look at you, can they see Christ? Are you portraying Christ? You know, we don't need to tell these people you need to go clean up your life and then come to Christ. No. We need to tell them to come to Christ and He'll clean your life up. We've all been there. I'm not standing up here just telling you something I hadn't been through. I have not always been a pastor. Most time I was out in the world. But when God opened the door and said, I want you to come into my church and I want you to preach. I said, God, you've got to be joking. I know. You can't be serious. You know where I've been. You know what I've done. He said, yeah. But now you can help somebody else. You've been there. You've done that. You know what they've gone through. You can talk with them. You can tell them where you was at. And then you can tell them what I did for you and how I changed your life. And I can do the same for them. I, you can do the same for them. You know, it's it's only Christ who can clean us up and clean up our life. You can't do it. You can change We can all change. But we need true repentance when they come to Christ. When you come to Christ, you've got to be serious. You've got to have true repentance in your heart. What is repentance? That's where you turn from sin and receive Christ and walk after and live for Him. You're asking Him, forgive me of where I used to be. And Lord, use me now where you're going to take me. I'm trusting you, Lord, and I'm going to walk with you. Be honest with God. God knows where your heart is, and He knows what you're thinking. Just tell God what you need. Tell God where you want to be in this life. Ask Him to walk with you. Tell Him to be with you. You know, a church should be a hospital for sinners, not a museum for saints. It should be a hospital for those who need Christ, who need Him in their life. We should be like doctors. To help them get through a situation that they're going through. I'm going to close out with this right here. It's Mark chapter 2, verse 17. You need to listen to this. We all need to hear it. This is Jesus speaking. He says, They that are well have no need of a physician. But those that are sick. I didn't come for those that are well. I came for those who are sick. Sick in sin. Sick in needing me. Sick in need a way out of hell. That's who I'm coming for. It said, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. That's, that's Jesus' words. I came not to call the righteous, but the unrighteous to repentance. When somebody comes in our church, y'all make them welcome. Y'all make them. Y'all let them see Christ in you. Let them see Christ in you. Be a picture of Jesus Christ. Show him his love. Show him you care. That's what a true church should be. Welcoming the sinner in and getting them converted to following Christ. You know, they walk in a church that could have been the first church that they've walked in. And they walk out of that church they may never come to another one. You better be a representation of Jesus Christ. Let him see what he's at. Let him see where he is with you. We want to fill this church. Best way to do it is to witness, invite, offer people, even if you know that that, that they don't live for Christ, offer them that opportunity to come to know Christ. Maybe they've never lived for him. Maybe they don't know who Jesus is. You know, there's a lot of people out there in this world right now. Jesus, who is Jesus? They don't know. They've lived in a world that, 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 that Jesus isn't even mentioned. So remember, Jesus has, has asked for the sick to come, not the whale. He's not calling the righteous, but he's calling the unrighteous. That's why he associated with the people he associated with. The prostitutes, the tax collectors, all the ungodly. Jesus wanted them to come to know his Father. Let's invite others to come and know the Father. I'm going to ask if the elders will to come down, and we're going to do communion. We're going to have communion. and uh, But this is something that we need to think about. Where are you with Christ? Where are you with Christ? What's your walk with Him? I'd like to see this little church. All the people around here. You know, one day this little area is going to grow. All the houses are going to build. We need to start inviting people to come and visit with us. You know, I've never wanted a big church. But I want a church that I know everybody in there. And if they have a need or have a problem or need something, I know them and I can go to them, and I can pray with them, I can see them at the hospital, I can be there for them if they need something. There's a lot of these big churches the pastor don't even know anybody in that church. How do you take care of a lost soul if you don't know them? I want to Pray, then I'm going to ask that the, that the men will pass the, the bread and the juice. Father God, as we come into your presence, thanking you, Lord, that you are the head of your church. Lord, the things that you want of us, Lord, to come to you, to have faith and our belief in you to do what you want us to do. Lord, and to pass through those doors that you open in our life to better glorify you so more people can come to know you and serve you. So Lord, we're thanking you that you wake us up from time to time telling us what you need us to do. Lord, you come to seven churches. You helped back nothing. You told them what they needed to do. A lot of the churches really failed what you wanted them to do. Lord, I pray that you will strengthen us to do what you want us to do, to walk in the way you want us to walk, to be the church, Lord, that you want us to be, that we can glorify you. That more people will say, Jesus is in that church. So, Lord, I'm thanking you right now. And, Lord, as we do communion today, Lord, we're glorifying you. For you said, as often as you do this, to do it in remembrance of me. Communion is just simply a memorial to Jesus Christ for what he did on that cross, the way he suffered and died for our sins, to give us eternal life in heaven with the Father. That's what Jesus came for. So Father, as we do this communion, we pay honor and to your precious Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we thank you now. And these things we pray. Amen. Whenever we take of the Lord's communion, this is a very special time. It's a holy time. It's a time that we're giving thanks to our precious Jesus for what He did for us. Before we take communion, though, we're told some things. And I have to read them to you. Because you can't be in the dark. Before we take communion... I'll put it like this. We have to be right with God. We have to be right with God. That's what His Word says. I'm going to read this to you. And then we're going to stop for just a minute. And you're going to need to examine yourself. Say, Lord, am I pleasing You? Am I walking the way You want me to walk? Am I doing what You want me to do? Lord, am I walking through those doors that You have opened? Lord, I don't want to be a disappointment to You. And God says we have to be right with him. So I want you to listen to what I'm going to read here. This is straight from the Lord Jesus Christ as he is taught. he, He gave this to Paul to write. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and then let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. But he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself. Not discerning, not caring about what Jesus did for you on that cross. For this cause, for this reason, Many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. In other words, many have died. For if we should judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Look at yourself. Judge yourself. You know yourself. You know if there's something in your body, in your heart, that you need to repent of, to get rid of. Do it before you take of this communion. Be right with God. That's what he's saying. This is a holy time, a special time. And that's why it's so important that we do it, is we're paying tribute to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So I'm going to give you just a few minutes, just a couple minutes. And look at yourself. If there's something going on in your life, in your heart, that you need to ask Jesus to forgive you of, this is your opportunity before you take of communion. Let Let us look at ourselves. Let's examine ourselves. Okay, let's continue. The Lord Jesus Christ, that same night in which he betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, and for you do this in remembrance of me. He said, Let us take of the bread. In the same manner. Also Jesus took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is a new temp- is a new testament in my blood. This do you as often as you drank it in remembrance of me and what I have done for you. The Jews simply represents the shed blood of Jesus Christ. We're going to partake of this. It's just like Jesus shedding his blood and forgiveness of our sins. For like I said a while ago, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. So let us take of the cup. For as often as you eat this bread, drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. You know, he is coming back. And I'll just ask now, are you ready? Are you ready? He said, I can come as a thief in the night. When you least expect it, be looking for him. Because at any moment, he can show up. Let us pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you that we have been in your house. We have been in your presence. Lord, you have blessed us. And Lord, as you continue to bless us, we thank you. Lord, just let us grow. And Lord, everything we do, let it be for your glory. That we lift you up. It's not about man. It's not about the preaching. But it's about you. And your presence here. And everything that you've done. And the things that you're still going to do. So Lord, we praise you. We thank you. And Lord, thank you for those that stood this morning. And gave a witness, a testimony. Of what you've done in their life. Lord I know there's many more in here. That could do this. So Lord just touch them. And let them tell us. What you've done in their life. So Lord again we thank you for this day. For this hour. For this moment. That we had with you. And we give you praise. And we give you thanks. And we pray these things in Jesus mighty name. Amen.